Radio MD. RadioMD.com. It's time for the Dr. Lee Vin Oker Show. Here's Dr. Lee. Hi, and welcome back to the show. A new interesting study came out that looked at genes and food cues and how it's different in people that are lean and obese. So my next guest, uh, author of the study, Dr. Susan Carnell, who is in the Division of Child and Adolescent Psychiatry um, and the Department of Psychiatry and Behavioral Science at Johns Hopkins School of Medicine, where she's also an assistant professor. Welcome, Dr. Carnell. Thanks for being on the show. Sure. Happy to be here. So tell me um, a little bit, describe um, how you got uh, interested in, in looking at this study. And when we're talking about food cues, or we're talking about talking about food or smelling it or looking at it. Yeah, so when we say food cues, we really mean kind of anything we would encounter in the environment that we would associate with food. So that could include things like food pictures or food advertising or maybe the smell of food. And what we actually looked at in this study was just food words written down. So something like you might see on a menu. And we were interested in um, how the brain responds to those um, cues, which you might think of as kind of minimal food cues because it's really just a word written down. (laughs) Um, And so we did a number of studies looking at how the brain responds to those foods and whether our um, genetics might affect how we respond to them. Interesting. So you talked about like these high energy dense foods. So things like the word chicken wings and then there's no picture, right? right? Just the word lemon cheesecake, which is not my favorite, by the way. I would have just done (laughs) cheesecake. (laughs) Red leaf lettuce are the low uh, energy dense foods or summer squash. That's right. That's right. So we actually showed uh, what we call high energy dense foods or kind of high calorie foods. And we showed low energy dense or low calorie foods, which were actually all fruits and vegetables. And we also had a non-food control where we actually just showed uh, people office supplies. Uh, so, you know, you can think about how whether your brain would get excited if you saw the word stapler. Um, <laughs> the word printer or ink. If you saw cheesecake. Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So what uh so what did you find and you had uh, two groups of people right you had thin people or lean right and then obese truly obese yeah. people Yeah so we did um I mean we did these kind of two different uh studies um one where we were looking at uh the brain responses in adults to these food cues and we had a group of obese individuals and a group of lean individuals And what we found was that everyone responded to food words differently to non-food words. And actually, the food words triggered a number of areas in the brain which we know to be associated with reward. Uh, And some of them are mediated by a chemical called dopamine, which some people may have heard of. It's thought of as a kind of reward or motivation chemical. And it's also involved in drug addiction. So we know that even seeing just a word can kind of trigger these brain responses. And what we found uh, Mm. when we looked at the obese individuals and the lean individuals is they were showing a different pattern of activation. So actually, when we compared responses to high-calorie cues and low-calorie cues, the obese individuals were activating a whole bunch of areas in the brain going right from the bottom of the brain, which we think of as mediating more basic functions, which could include um, appetite regulation, right to the top of the brain, where we find more cognitive areas and areas involved in uh, sensory perception and motor areas. Um, so it was quite striking the differences between obese and lean individuals in responses, even to these quite minimal food cues. 
Hmm, interesting. And so then the, when they had these, you know, something that sounds more delicious lemon cheesecake and then when they heard something like lettuce it didn't activate any of these centers were some of these these when you talk about dopamine the reward centers with you know that are related to addiction and things like that yeah so um kind of an area that we associate a lot with dopamine function is the striatum we actually saw that um, everybody kind of had those areas triggered. There was also an area called the insula and the orbitofrontal cortex, and these were all triggered by the, the food the food cues. But were the obese patients, did it trigger areas that make you think of um, food sort of as an addiction type thing, a craving or something like that, like, you know, when drug addicts yeah. um, or alcoholics... You know, that's a really interesting Either question. So, yeah, there's actually been a lot of um, research on that. So I've actually done previous work using food pictures, and quite a number of people have done mm-hmm. those studies, and we definitely do find that obese individuals activate those areas. But what's quite important is it's also a bunch of other areas, so it's not just the reward areas. And if you think about that, that makes sense, because um, eating is a really important function. So actually, we don't just use one area of our brain to that. We use uh, to do that we use all of our brains so uh, you know we think about food we imagine what it would be like to eat it we plan our motor responses so that's actually just not confined to the reward areas the circuit we saw was kind of mm. distributed all over the brain and did so did this um was this in conjunction with a bigger desire to eat? Is that what it kind of triggered when all these areas lit up in obese patients for these higher calorie yeah. foods? So that, that's, that's the assumption. So our findings were a little bit complex here. But um, one element which we haven't talked about so far is um, stress. So as part of the study, we actually did um, a, a laboratory stressor in the study and we gave a meal. Mm-hmm. So this is actually a way of actually looking at behavior and whether um, uh, uh, they actually behave differently around food. And what we found was that under stress conditions, the obese individuals ate more high-calorie foods at a buffet meal. Uh, so that's some suggestion that they're also kind of behaving, behaving differently around the food and experiencing kind of more desire. But interestingly, everybody, whether you're obese or lean, uh, they express more wanting of those foods which were high calorie than low calorie, which is why it's so difficult for a lot of people to maintain their weight because uh, in general, kind of cheesecake and chocolate brownies are more attractive to most people than red leaf lettuce. Or summer squash, not my favorite squash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe butternut squash would have been a little bit better. Right. You know, so that's then what we think what, about a lot with these studies, you know, which foods should we use? So we try and get a sample of everything. So we hit on something at least that you, that you might like. Right. Um, so the takeaway message of this, is it, you know, just in your genes and there's nothing you can do about it? Is that, uh, what would you tell people from this research? Yeah, so that's another good point. Um, uh, so when we see the brain responses, we, of course, don't really know if that's something you're born with or if that's something you just develop over time. So maybe if you've eaten a lot of lemon cheesecake in your life, you start your brain starts responding differently. Um, so we can't really tell from that particular study um, whether it, you know, what came first. We have done a genetic study, though, where we found that if you have a number of 
uh, genetic variants, which are kind of areas within our genomes that differ between individuals. So if you have a number of genetic variants, which we know to be associated with weight, you also um, express more wanting of high calorie foods. So what this uh, suggests is that your genes can affect your appetite. And that's probably something that you're, you're born with. Um, now, it doesn't mean it's fate because your genes are affecting your disposition towards something, your behavior, and you can still change that behavior. But I think it does mean that some people might struggle more than other people when they're controlling their, trying to control their weight and they're confronted by all these food cues that we see in the environment. Hmm. So there, there, we only have a minute left, but um, what's the next step in sort of what you're doing or how, how can this uh, help people that are obese with these ideas of food cues? Because I'm sure some of it is associated with the psychological part of eating, you know, um, you know, your mom made lemon cheesecake or something. That's right. And I'm actually very interested in the effect of moms, um, both for kind of, <laughs> The, the way they model behaviors, but also they pass on their genes. So I'm actually doing a study where I look at um, uh, adolescents who have um, obese or overweight moms as opposed to adolescents who don't, and I'm kind of looking at how that might affect their responses. But I think the take-home message here is that our environment affects our biology. Yeah. Well, it's very interesting. Thank you for being on. We'll have to hear about the next portions of your study. This is Health from the Outside In on Radio MD. Stay tuned into your health. 